0: Amen, amen, all right, well, I talk to you sometimes and about being able to, well, let me stop. I was having thoughts out there um, about our music. You know, if you look at last week and this week, we do, We never know what we're gonna have up here. Uh, very eclectic, and uh, to me, I love that, I love that. And it doesn't matter if it's two or a whole band, it always is, is wonderful, It except, Ashley, you get these songs that, like that last one, I was all wrapped up in, and then you start praying, and I'm like, oh, oh, I gotta go, I gotta work. Um, so I, I tell you about, it's good to confess before you come to church so that you are, have a clean heart and uh, the good stuff of God will stick on your, the surface of your heart, right, the sticky Christian. So I'm going to uh, lead by example, and I'm gonna have to confess a sin that I had this week, um, so I drive back and forth some weekends to Fort Worth and i've I've gotten the system down pretty pretty good uh, um, and so I will uh um, I have a note app on my phone that has a speaker, so I can preach and practice my sermon or take notes and talk out loud while i'm Uh, Driving, So it's very handy. I do a lot of my sermon work. I do my studying here, but talk it out as I'm driving. And so I was beginning to drive, and I wasn't on the highway yet, and I was speaking. I had this great, phenomenal idea. And so I said, oh, I got to go right now. And so I'm talking into my uh, phone, and all of a sudden, someone cuts me off. I mean, it almost hit me. I had to slam on my brakes, and I could have swore that I said, bless their heart. (laughs) But when I looked down on my phone, that is not what was written. So I was like, I better delete that. We don't want to hear that on Sunday. So I confess that to you. I did not say, bless your heart. But I thought it was funny. I looked down, and I was shocked. I was like, oh, good night. And so... You, I'll leave that to your imagination. So, all right. Now that I have cleansed my soul, let us get to our first of the series of the Body of Christ. Today, we're looking at the end of Acts chapter two, um, when the church began, right after the pouring out of the Holy Spirit onto the Body of Christ, and God's Spirit and and Peter preached. And it's kind of um, funny in the sense that. You look at the very beginning of creation, when God created the world and created humanity. The first two chapters uh, talks about creation, and then um, at the beginning, at the end of chapter two, everything is beautiful, right? There's perfect harmony in creation, perfect unity, perfect order, it is perfect. And then in Genesis chapter three, it's all downhill from there. Well, if we look at Acts chapter two and Pentecost and the ascension and pouring out of the Holy Spirit, um, we see that it is the creation of the church. The church of Jesus Christ is created when the Spirit is poured out and the gospel is proclaimed. And at the end of chapter two, it is perfect, which we're we're gonna read here in just a second. The church, the body of Christ, the organization of the church uh, is perfect. And then after chapter two, it's all downhill from there, right? As we see in Paul's letters. So let's look at when it was all created and how perfect it was. Beginning in verse 42 of chapter two, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. I was thinking about, I talked to my uncle, he's the only one left on my dad's side of the family, his wife has died, my dad had died of cancer in 2020, and uh, my grandparents are have passed on, and so he's like the last uh, connection I have to my dad's family, So, and he's bedridden, so I try to get up there, he lives in Indianapolis a couple times a year, and um, but I say that because as I read this scripture, there, there, a word jumped out at me. And it was, they devoted themselves. Now, Pastor Raymond talked about what they devoted themselves to today and, and those points. And so this is going to be a great series because I'm focused, the Lord led me to focus on that word devotion. And when I thought about that devotion and riding in my car, speaking it aloud, um, I thought about relationships and and the relationships I know that where I would look and say they were devoted to one another. My my grandparents are one of the one of those small town Indiana Mary Ellen and Marcus McClurg and and they were very devoted to one another. They were in a small town, they didn't have a lot of money, but you know, I just always remember Marcus and Mary Ellen. Marcus and Mary Ellen and and one of the things I remember uh, my, uh, my grandpa used to goose everybody when he'd walk by his chair, and, and I'd hear from the kitchen uh, when he did that, I'd hear from Mary Ellen, Marcus, stop that, and it just went on all the time, but they were so devoted to one another, um, just day in and day out until the day that they were separated by death. And then I was thinking about my uncle, too. He lost his wife a few years ago, and they were very active and traveled the world. They didn't have any kids, um, so we were the closest things, the nieces and nephews. Um, But my uncle, he wasn't a perfect guy. He was a McClurg, so he had a lot of issues. But he was very devoted to his wife. I mean, I always remember him doing honeydews and always helping and always um, whatever she wanted. You know, they were very devoted. And as I thought about that, the best relationships I know—if you look at it, at least one characteristics they have in common—and it's their devotion to one another—and it's no different with any relationship. The, the deeper the devotion, the healthier, the more rich the relationship is. And it doesn't matter who that relationship is. Where there, where there is devotion, there is a beautiful depth of relationship. And so we see this in the early church. We see the, the very first thing it says about the early church is that they were devoted they devoted themselves to what? To God, by being devoted to the things of God, right? What were they devoted to? To prayer, to gathering in the temples, to the breaking of the bread. Now, the breaking of the bread, it goes back and forth, is that communion, is that eating together in each other's houses. I think in this text, if you read the whole thing, it's probably both. They were breaking bread in, in the religious sense of communion, but they were also eating together as they shared with one another. Uh, to the apostles' teachings, to learning about God and the things of God, the nature of God. To prayer, talking to God. Talking to God through prayer. So they devoted themselves to these things, but they also devoted themselves to one another. They, they devoted themselves in fellowship, in the Greek is kononia, and it's a very close, selfless fellowship. So in this text, when the church is at its best, when God's grace is manifested through the church at its highest point, it is when there is devotion to God and to one another. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like the two greatest commandments to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love one another as yourself. If you love one another as yourself, you're gonna take care of their needs as you would your own needs. And so we see this devotion to God and to one another. And so we need to, as we look at this, we understand that, as I said earlier, the depth of our, the richness of life is only realized through the devotion in our relationships to God and one another. When you say the two greatest commandments in Matthew's version, it says, uh, to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love one another as yourself, all the law, all the prophets are based on these two. So what does that tell me? To the answer of why are we created? To have relationship with God and one another. And the more devoted we are in our relationships to God and one another as the body of Christ, the more God's grace will be manifested through us into this world individually and collectively as the body of Christ. And so we have to make sure that we're connected to God. We're connected to one another. We are brothers and sisters in Christ because we've been born again. We have been adopted, grafted in to the family of God. And so we are in God's family. We are God's children. So I wanna ask you, especially after this year we had, how how is your relationship? Because when God's grace is manifested, our scripture tells us you're gonna see amazing things happen in hearts and minds. You're going to see transformation taking place. You're going to be seeing uh, fruit added to your life and to the body of Christ. It says people that were being saved were being added to the number daily, and there was many signs and wonders. And the greatest sign nowadays is to see a transformed life because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And so We need to ask ourselves from time to time, it's always good to check in individually and collectively as, as the church, are we seeing God's grace manifested in our lives and in the church? And if our answer is not as much as I'd like, then we go back to the beginning. How is your devotion? Where is your devotion? to God? Where's your devotion to the body of Christ? We're going to spend the whole month talking about it, so I don't want to jump ahead. But when we have a body of Christ, and scripture will tell us, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about the healthiness of the body of Christ, it is dependent on all of us. Especially as a, as a pastor, I see it more than over than other people, that when someone else is hurting, it hurts the whole body. Where there's division, it hurts the whole body. When someone's missing, that's why I get so giddy when I see new people and I see us together as the body. I'm not a numbers guy, so I, it's not really about how many people did we have in church because there's a lot of churches with a lot of people that are horrible, right? So it's not just about numbers. It's more about seeing people. The more It's, it's like my kids... Seems like I have a lot of kids, especially when they're all together in one spot. But every time we gather together and they're all close and they have grandkids, but every time it's it's chaos. You, you can't be weak and be in my family. It is chaos and it is loud. You can't have attention deficit disorder. But if someone's missing, we notice. And we go, oh, I wish Zach was here. This is so fun. I wish Zach was here. And it affects us because that is our body. And when we're all together, there's great joy. And when we're all together but one, maybe two, we notice and it's not complete. And so we need to ask ourselves, if we are not feeling feeling God's presence in our life, if we're not feeling God's grace manifested in the way we might see it in someone else, we have to ask, what are we bringing to the table? It's a relationship, remember? It is a relationship. And we we never have to question God's devotion. Never have to question God's devotion, do we? We know how devoted God is God came to a sinful place as a human and went to the cross and gave his life that we might have life. There's no greater act of devotion. Jesus said in the Gospel of John that one would give their life for their friends. So we know, we never have to question God's devotion to us. The only thing we have to question, and I'll use myself, is my devotion to God. And I'm human, and so I'll tell you, some weeks it is great, and I'm on top of it, and I'm talking to God in prayer, and, I'm, uh, and I am uh, reading scripture, and I'm gathering in the temple, and I'm, I'm doing all that stuff, and boy, I feel God's devotion. It's just waiting for me to open the floodgates but then there's sometimes I get wrapped up in myself and my problems, my issues, and I begin to get distant, as we've talked about. I I remember the old saying we talked about, if we feeling distant from God, God didn't move, we did. And I can see it in my life, the first sign is that I'm not attending, I'm not devoted, to prayer like I am at other times in my life. I'm not devoted to being in the scriptures like I am at other times in my life. I'm not devoted to the body as much as I would like. So I can see these things. There's a direct correlation for my devotion into the means of grace and the things of God. In other words, my relationship with God, when I'm devoted, God's always devoted. So I'm human. I just don't do things right all the time, because especially when someone cuts me off, right? So if we feel distant from God, God did not move, but it's easy to see the way back, to be devoted to the things of God. Scripture, apostles' teachings, prayer, gathering together in the temple but we also show our devotion for God not by just tending to the means of grace, being devoted to the things of God and the means of grace, but we show our devotion to God by how we love one another. Go back to 1 John chapter 4, 7-21. through It talks about how can you say you love a God that you have not seen physically? How can you say you can love a God that you have not seen and you don't love your brother or sister, his children, who you do see. He said, you you can't. If you love God, you're gonna love his creation. You're gonna love his children. And so we show our devotion to God by showing our devotion to one another, by loving one another. By this, all the world will know that you are my disciples and how we love one another is by being in koinonia with each other fellowship with one another to see the body of Christ living out and being the body of Christ selflessly is one of the most beautiful things in the early church that was the witness it wasn't scripture it wasn't doctrine there's account after account of Romans uh, and others that will look at it and say, yeah, but how they love one another is amazing in the midst of this tough, cutthroat world. But they love one another selflessly. They, they fellowship with one another. They, they give, if somebody has something they need, they, they gladly give it to them according to their own needs. When we can do it right, when we do it right, the witness of the body of Christ is the most powerful thing in the world. Our problem, because we're human, is doing it right. And that's why we have to stay devoted. Because there are some days Jim McClurg feels like being selfless and being nice and kind but there's other days I'm kind of selfish. I'm kind of, there's a lot of words I could use, but I'm not really what I should be. And so being able to look at that and know how do I get out of this? Well, I gotta stop looking into myself and get out of my own head and look toward God and to other people. When we're looking toward to God and other people selflessly, then it's hard to be focused on me. And so we, as I said, we never have to question God's devotion. But when we're in the body of Christ, that is the key because devotion is a sign of our love. We can say all kinds of things, about how we love God and how we love one, and one another. But if it's not lived out in how we live our lives or how we, uh, what our actions are, I know they were devoted because of their actions. Daily in prayer, daily gathering together, giving of themselves and of, of their material goods, what they might need. Their action says, I love you and I'm devoted to you. We don't have to question God's devotion. But every now and then, we need to take a look at ours. Because when we are devoted to God and to one another, God does miraculous stuff through the body of Christ. I've seen it. I know. When we're all together, remember, God hasn't moved. God is waiting for us, like like the prodigal dad. He's waiting for us to come home. He's waiting for us to see the light and be devoted to a loving father. And all you have to do is try it, right? There's some places in Scripture where it says, don't test God. But in Malachi, God says, test me. He's talking to his people at the end of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi, and he's like, you guys are just going through the motions. You're not really feeling this. You're giving me your diseased Deformed animals, stuff you don't want anyway? How's that supposed to make me feel? Try giving that to your governor. See how he likes that. What's he saying? You guys aren't devoted to me. You're just going through the motions. And what's he say to that? Just shut the temple doors. You're wasting your time and you're wasting my time. But then he says, give to me see if I don't swing open the doors and pour blessing onto you. So in this case, God says, test me, show me your devotion by loving me and loving one another and see if you're not blessed. See if you don't see signs and wonders and God doing miraculous things and then adding to your number. See, the, the natural state of a healthy, fruitful church is growth. Now it doesn't have to be huge growth. We've seen unhealthy growth, but it's growth in us individually and it's growth in the body. But we don't have to do it. All we have to do is be faithful. I've sat through a lot of church growth things, seminars and conferences, and they talk about the latest strategy and how are we gonna get our, I sat for one through, for like three hours and I just innocently at the end said, you know, we've talked about these strategies for three hours like it was a business. We haven't mentioned Jesus once. But see, we don't grow the church. This is the model we see in Acts, the church of Acts 2. We're called to be faithful and devoted to God and to one another. And if we are truly doing that, then what's it say at the end? It didn't say, and they added to their number daily those that were being saved. He said, they were devoted and faithful in the things of God and to one another selflessly, and God added to their number those who were being saved. And I don't know about you, but especially as a pastor, that's a load off. I don't have to grow the church. All I have to do is be faithful and devoted to the things of God, and to one another, and to you. And if we do that, the more we do that, that devotion, that concentration builds and builds as we become, as we get another devoted, another devoted, another devoted, and that devotion increases to the point God is doing mighty, Wonders and signs in our midst. And he is adding to our number daily. The body of Christ, when done right, with a devoted heart to the things of God and one another, is the primary way God's grace is manifested in this world. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you that as we come to celebrate communion, we are reminded of your deep devotion to us, that you loved us so much that you wished none of us would perish, but that we would have everlasting life. And you were so devoted to us, to your children, that you came and you gave your life that we might have life. Lord, may we see your devotion to us and may it motivate our and inspire our devotion to you and to each other. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.